0: Welcome to Balance 365 Life Radio, a podcast that delivers honest conversations about food, fitness, weight, and wellness. I'm your host, Annie Breeze, along with Jennifer Campbell and Lauren Koski. We are personal trainers, nutritionists, and founders of Balance 365. Together, we coach thousands of women each day and are on a mission to help them feel healthy, happy, and confident in their bodies on their own terms. Join us here every week as we discuss hot topics pertaining to our physical, mental, and emotional well being with amazing guests. Enjoy! Thanks for joining us on another episode of Balance 365 Life Radio. Today's episode tackles a topic that comes up frequently in our community, what to do when you're in a rut. You know that feeling when you're in a slump, you're stuck, maybe you've got a long list of things you want to do or need to do, yet you can't seem to get moving on any of them. Thanks in part to social media, it can be easy to think that everyone is productive, happy, and firing on all cylinders at all times, but that's usually not the case, Ruts and slumps happen, and on today's episode, Jen, Lauren, and I share four steps to moving through them and include our own suggestions on how we tackle a rut when it happens to us. Enjoy. Jen and Lauren, welcome back to another show. This is our last episode before we get together in real life next week. I'm so excited. You two are coming to Des Moines to visit me. And we're gonna film some new content for our community and snap some new photos where Lauren is not pregnant. Yes. Yes. Jen's mm-hmm. not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Is this. I'm. Yeah. I haven't been pregnant for a long time. So. This might be the yeah. first photo shoot since the original that one of us is not pregnant, though, right? Yeah. Because I was. I it got is, pregnant yeah. and then Lauren got pregnant. And then this time. Right? Right. right. <laughs> Oh, everyone cross fingers. <laughs> we, know, we know how to prevent that. Stay not pregnant. Yeah. We know how that works now that we're in our 30s. Well, yeah. almost. Wait, Lauren, are you 30? Not yet. Coming That's up. Right. Maybe by the time
1: this podcast drops, I'll be 30, though.
0: <laughs> we're a little slow on that, <laughs> but uh, are you guys excited to come to Des Moines? We're going to have a nice community dinner. We're going to meet some of our members in the in the area, uh, and we're going to have dinner with them. Maybe some drinks and have a good time. Are you excited?
2: Yes. Yeah, we have a huge community in Des Moines. Des Moines, whatever you use. Des, no. Des Moines.
1: Des Moines. Des Moines.
2: <laughs> French
0: for Des Moines. <laughs>
2: What is? Um, what does it mean? What does does moines mean? Des Moines. <laughs> it sounds like like that should be a Canadian. Is
0: it French? Cause it's French. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what it means. I really don't know if moines moine moine means anything.
2: We need to find this out. This is important.
0: I know. Stuff. It Please is. message
1: I'll, us if you know what yeah. Des Moines means.
0: <laughs> I am probably. Uh, being a disgrace to the community uh, (laughs) right now that I don't know what my my
2: current uh town stands for but after this podcast drops you'll wake up the next morning and there'll be like eggs all over the front of your house and (laughs) get out of town (laughs) spray paint along the side you don't belong
1: (laughs) anyways I'm really
0: looking forward to it
1: Jen is gonna bring us some gifts from Canada (laughs) yeah
0: Before we started this podcast, we were talking about all the things that Canada has that we don't um, in the United States. And one of the things I'm really envious is they have 500 milligram ibuprofen, which
1: I don't think we have over the counter we, here. We don't. You have to get a prescription. Or you could yeah. just take four and a half. <laughs> four <laughs> which, and a half. I mean,
0: I have a friend.
2: Yeah. I have a friend that does that. <laughs> She's talking about me and her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring, like, six bottles. Hopefully I don't get pulled aside at the border. Yeah, and then, I'm like, what's with all um, the ibuprofen? I'll be like, I get a lot of headaches. <laughs> and then also um, yeast infection pills. Like, yeah.
1: You have oral yeast infection yeah, pills. Yeah, I find
2: this so strange that you guys can't buy these off the shelf.
1: No, we have to go and we have to pay our, our deductible at the doctor and then go pay for it at the pharmacy.
2: That's... That feels like such a money grab to me. that's crazy,
0: I know, so if you could just also bring us some yeast oral yeast infections yes. <laughs> this is the
2: second time in under thirty episodes that we've talked about yeast infections. Is it? Well, with you know three I, women running a podcast
0: it's bound to come up yeah. I mean it's not I mean vaginas and yeast infections and migraines.
2: i'd like to get someone on here to talk about yeast infections with us that would be great yeah Yeah, because there's a lot of woo there's a lot of lot of like pseudoscience woo that goes on in the yeast infection community (laughs) 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 is that a thing yeah like there's all kinds of like remedies and
0: yeah, I mean, I no, yeah. no, I was just I meant the yeast infection community. Like, if there's communities devoted to yeast infections,
1: well, if you've there's ever had pro- one and there's done some protocols googling, devo- devoted to it, yes, like yogurt and which is woo. By the way, yeah. everybody, we're not endorsing
0: a yogurt insert. Try. <laughs> We've learned that through trial and error. <laughs> you, as we say yet again, you pay for an education. <gasps>
2: Okay, we need to get started. We're getting way, way this, off track. Is this TMI? Did we cross the line? And I, don't I don't know. Think my face there's, is
0: getting a little red. Let's- there's no such thing as TMI in my book. Anyways, what we wanted to talk about today is kind of a topic that shows up in a variety of shapes and forms in our community a lot, and that's what to do when you're in a slump, when you're in a rut, when you're just feeling like, blah, you know, like, When I when I picture that feeling, I picture me like hunched over, like just like, like I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I don't know what to do. Like,
2: and you may or may not have a yeast infection (laughs) during the you know what that that,
0: could have been the trigger. Who knows?
2: (laughs) Um, Or a migraine, and you're bummed that
0: you can't have extra strength ibuprofen, but. Um anyway, so we hear that a lot from women in our community, and uh, what can happen often is uh, they start thinking about all the things that they should be doing, and they get overwhelmed really easily, and then they almost kind of get paralyzed, or you can get paralyzed because you feel like, oh my gosh, I should be doing all this, and I'm not doing any of it, and I don't even know where to start, and now I'm overwhelmed because it seems like everyone else is doing everything, and everyone's doing it really well, and I'm just over here like sitting on the couch like unmotivated, and I just cannot take action and how to get out of that rut. And, um, at the end of the podcast, the three of us are going to share what we do personally. And I can already tell you, it may or may not align with some of the advice that I wrote (laughs) out in the outline here. Um, if you're feeling like you're in a rut or a slump, uh, hopefully you'll have some takeaways on how to get out of it. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, so the first thing I think is really, really important when you're feeling this way, when you're feeling kind of down, when you're feeling like you're stuck, is to acknowledge it and accept it. And this is something, admittedly, I'm not very good at um, because I like to peruse social media. I'm on Instagram frequently, and it's really easy to get sucked into thinking that everyone else is great. All the time and they feel great they're doing great they don't have any downs that's all peaks no valleys and when you are experiencing your own valleys or your own lows it can feel like you're not doing something right and then you can beat yourself up and what i do is i feel down and then i start feeling down about feeling down which i think mark manson kind of coined that as the negative feedback loop. me yeah. he was the one that made yeah. it popular at least yeah Like you're feeling bad and then you feel bad about feeling bad, (laughs) which isn't a really productive circle. Have any of you – Lauren or Jen, have you experienced that?
1: Yeah, definitely. And for me too, the longer I'm in my slump, the longer it seems to take me to get out of it. So, For sure.
0: Uh, One of the things that I know – Um, from personal experience that I do instead of acknowledge and accept it is I kind of go into like this resistance and denial and avoidance and I try to stay busy or I try to kind of superficially like pull myself out of the slump. And um, what I found as much as I don't enjoy acknowledging and accepting it, that like, hey, I'm just in a rut right now or I'm just a little lost or I'm a little confused or I'm not really sure what I'm doing right now. Um, Instead of just accepting that, um, trying to kind of deny and avoid it takes a lot longer to move through it than just say like, hey, I'm just in a slump right right now and I'm just going to like deal with it and feel the feelings that come along with being in a slump and move past it. Like if I can just acknowledge it and accept it, I move through it a lot quicker, it seems, than if I try to, you know, stay busy and not feel the feelings that that come with being in
1: a slump. Right. I think for me too – I often get in a – I don't know if you can see. You can't see, but I'm quoting in a slump. Air quotes. <laughs> after I've had a really stressful time. And just like you said, instead of kind of giving myself that space, when you avoid it, it does last longer. I, and it's hard. It, it I don't notice that when I'm in it, but like looking back, I can see that's definitely what has happened.
0: Mm-hmm for sure. I, yeah, that's a really good point. I also, I noticed uh, slumps or ruts um, after like I get something big accomplished or something really big yeah. happens. And the three of us have talked about that. Like after we come back from a meetup, we yeah. have like a little like postpartum or like like <laughs> Post- not postpartum, sorry.
2: Post, Post- meetup. <laughs> depression. Post- meet- yes. That we're yeah, like because it feels so good when we're together and we feel so connected and we're productive and you know, we're all we're such good friends. And then and then coming back to real life. That probably happens a lot for people, maybe after holidays. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. For me I find I kinda go into a slump after I have a baby. (laughs) It's like the euphoria of having a baby and then, you know, visitors and lots of attention. And, and then like when you're around, I don't know, four to six weeks postpartum and that all dies down. I feel like I just like usually slide into a little slump.
0: For sure. Or if you're, we're talking about, uh, terms of exercise, you know, a lot of people maybe set a goal that they're going to run a 5k or, um, maybe, participate in some sort of competition or they're gonna reach uh, some performance goal squat you know their body weight or 100 pounds or deadlift 100 pounds or something of that nature and then they reach the goal and then it's like great okay yay and then now what
1: right like right. You,
0: coming down from that can be a little bit of like um, a little a little blue sometimes a little lonely a little a little like okay what do I do now where where am I going what am I supposed to be
2: doing mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it's the part you said about acknowledging ups and downs of life is really important, Nanny, because we have we sort of live in a society that celebrates productivity, and um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that that's an unrealistic expectation of anyone to be productive one hundred percent of the time, and we can't always be going at a hundred. And uh, I actually feel like. For people who do go at a hundred, their slumps take them down to zero. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, yeah, if you're riding, the higher you ride, the the longer your fall, kind of thing. Um, are or you like, looking at me? Are no. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be that can be around expectations, where maybe people who are at a hundred have very high expectations of themselves, um, but you just can't keep that up, really. So. I like to keep it at about 60. <laughs> um,
0: you know, we kind of touched on that topic too uh, in our podcast where we talked about the myth of doing it all. That was mm-hmm. really, that was really really early in our podcast days. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be a great one to listen to too uh, because it is. Like I said earlier, you open up social media or you even just in conversation in passing – you usually hear just about the highlights. You know, it takes some digging um, right. in conversation and relationships to find out what's really going on with people. And mm-hmm. so of- so often we just share the good stuff, you know? Right, yeah. exactly. People aren't the posting about their the slumps. slumps. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did nothing today, watch six hours of TV, wore my robe till three. That's Jen's typical day. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, True, true story. Jen, Ch- Jen, what What was it? A, an interview or a meeting or something where you showed up at like noon and you're like, I just woke up. <laughs> that
2: was key. In my defense, my kids were away at their grandparents for a week. And I wouldn't, it's like, I don't know if I was in a slump that week. Like I feel no, like my all. kids yeah. left and I just like crashed. Yeah, I thought I had all these plans of getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then I just was like, like nosedive of an airplane (laughs) but I even I have not slept till noon in years and yeah that day I woke up and I saw the clock and I was like I just slept 12 hours it was crazy it's like sleeping beauty like you had like slept
0: like six years like (laughs) no I don't I don't blame you I would have done the same thing had I been kidless yeah it was it's good for you glorious Uh, Which walks us right next into our uh, next point, too, is – to give yourself. So after you acknowledge and accept that you're maybe riding a slump or in a rut to give yourself a personal day. And I know women are going to hear this and they're going to be like, Annie, yeah, right. I can't give myself a whole day. Uh, but can you give yourself an hour? Because ultimately, as Jen just noted, it's hard to feel invigorated and energized and motivated and excited when you're overwhelmed and exhausted, or even if you're just tired of firing all cylinders at all times, like Like Jen said, you can only maintain that for so long. And that's just because we're human. Like you cannot continue to output, 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 output without also input, like some rest, some calm, some peace. So are you able to just press pause for a moment, rest, collect your thoughts, notice your feelings? This is a big one we've talked about on podcast too. What are your impulses telling you to do? And remember that you don't have to act on your impulses. You can just take note because I think what happens a lot of times, if you're anything like me, when you're in a slump or rut, you want to do all the things. You want to like, you you like start making a list of all the things that you're not doing that you want to do and you're going to change them all tomorrow. But like you can just take note that like, hey, that's kind of what my impulses are telling me to do to start all these projects so I can feel productive again. But you don't actually have to do them. You can
2: just acknowledge them. It honestly sounds a bit like the diet cycle. You know, so you think you you crash. You crash because you've been firing on all cylinders. And you think the solution to getting out of your crash is to fire on all cylinders again. But it's mm-hmm. actually to take a step back and have a little rest. Rest those cylinders. Whatever those do. <laughs>
0: Is that a car
1: thing? Yeah, the cylinders I don't know. are not a car. It's a car, a car right? thing. Thanks That's Lauren. about as much as I know about it.
0: <laughs> Maybe we could ask James some questions. Yeah.
1: Your husband, you can be a guest um, and explain it. That that is a really good point,
0: though, Jen, because it is you, you do want to just kind of fix the problem, and and it just perpetuates the cycle over and over and over again. You go 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 go, and then you get tired, and then you have to rest, and then you go 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 go, go because you think. Going is going to fix the slump,
2: and and if you but, can just press pause and just yeah, chill, just chill, and you're just on the pendulum swing of.
1: I want to initiate a challenge to- here. Give us a situation, and we will relate it to the diet industry. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, try us out for sure. It it, but it does it does come back to that. Yeah.
0: Like especially, mm. like I said, I think the instinct is to fix everything right now and to do all the things that you're not doing or that you think you should be doing and just kind of power through that. I think that might be a I don't know if that's a, a mom thing or a female thing, but, um, uh, again, as Jen noted, we do really value productivity and we praise productivity. And if you're not being productivity or you're not being productive, then, you know, then what are you doing? Like
2: the other thing when you say to take a personal day or maybe just an hour, um, like I, my kids were just away. So I, that was amazing. That hasn't happened since last summer. So um, I get about a year between <laughs> things, which I'm grateful for. I know a lot of people get um, uh, no help with their kids. But for me, um, I'll take an evening. So I'll get my kids to bed early. And then like, it's like, I know that evening is about like resetting my brain. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. I, I'm i kind of the opposite. Like I said, I, I want to stay busy. And I do that to essentially avoid feeling what I'm feeling. Like if I can just, you know, take my mind off of it, um, which is it's not what I'm recommending. <laughs> I'm working on that.
2: Right. So people often um, – so we, we hear this a lot. And, and this is just like – I hope people will hear me out here. So there is a difference – Um, between numbing and (laughs) self-care so um, when it really depends why you're doing it so once in a while it is nice to take an evening and just watch tv for a couple hours you really just need to turn off your brain relax it feels good watch your favorite show have your favorite snack all of that But then there's also people who numb and are avoiding their feelings and they are watching TV like every night. Um, not, and actually that, I mean, day after day after day, that becomes then, you know, there's a law of diminishing returns there where all of a sudden you're neglecting your self care. So all of a sudden you're watching TV every night and you're eating treats every night, not getting things done, not organizing yourself. For the morning, um, maybe eating a bunch of food that don't align with your goals, and so um, yeah, that's one thing that it's
1: yeah, it's sort of like a. Delicate it's nice to balance. acknowledge.
2: Yeah, so rather than and then I, I see it, we see it in our community mm-hmm. sometimes. Women saying, "I'm doing this," and they're calling it self care, and you know, great, <clears throat> but then at some point, you have to decide when when it's not self-care anymore and it's actually just avoidance and numbing because your life is really stressful and you just can't deal and actually numbing and avoidance really leads to your life feeling worse (laughs) because you're you know you're you're doing things that don't align with your long-term goals you are um that would be a sign for me that I'm in a rut is when I I'm starting to do numbing activities too often. Um, and in Balance 365, we have this um saying. We didn't make it up. One of our students brought it to us. I just called our balance 365 students. <laughs> I know that sounds very like academic. I kind of like it though. <laughs> so one of our Balance 365ers had this idea, and I can't even remember who it was, but she called it the canary in the coal mine. So now we talk about it quite often. So if you're going into a slump or you're in a slump, think really think about what your canary in the coal mine is. So that's the analogy where, um, you know, miners used to take canaries in cages down to the coal mines. And if the coal mine was filling with poisonous gas, the canaries would die and the miners knew they better get out of there. So it's just a warning sign. So for me, I know social media scrolling in the evening. Sometimes I do it and it's fine. But it's about that law of diminishing returns. There comes a point where I log off social media and I'm like, oh, I feel gross. I just spent two hours scrolling Facebook and commenting rude things to me, <laughs> to people on news sites and <laughs> <laughs> not rude things, but just, you know, getting little bickering or like, and it's like, I do not like spending my time that way. I don't. It is not a productive use of my time so my a canary in the coal mine for me is social media use and um and tv really in the evenings like just and just not doing the things that i know lead to a um my life feeling easier so i have a nighttime routine where i you know clean my kitchen organize my kids lunches for the next day um might organize my own breakfast for the next day and if i'm not doing those things it just puts me in a downward spiral. Then my mornings are stressful, which leads to, you know, being late for work, which late getting the kids, like it just, you know, and once in a while that's fine. But when I get into a routine of doing that, that's my canary in the coal mine. Yeah, and I'm I was, like, you are in a rut.
1: I was just going to add that, um, doing that can also become a habit, right? It can become habitual right. and that happens. I have to be careful because, for me creating routines and forming habits happen really quickly and it's kind of it's a blessing and a curse right so like healthy habits and healthy routines they stick pretty quickly for me but also the negative things that I do stick really quickly for me so that's something that I definitely have to watch out for
2: I find the snacking is um one that will quickly <laughs> stick for me yeah. so um I typically um, do not want to be snacking at night because I'm not hungry at night and, um, it just doesn't align with my long-term goals. And if I have a snack once in a while in the evening, that's fine. But as soon as I start making that a habit, my trigger is often getting my kids tucked in, closing their doors, walking down the hallway, and I'm already salivating. (laughs) Like I'm already like, you know, it's like that trigger, right? You close the door. (laughs) Yes. That's my bell ringing. And so, and it's, I find food habits are, are the toughest, some of the toughest habits for me personally to break. Um, and yeah, so it's just kind of, so I can relate to that Lauren.
0: I think that's a really good point you brought up, Jen, about the, uh, delicate balance between is this self care or is this a bad habit? And I think that's one of the, um, ways in which self-care kind of gets abused, so to speak, that, uh, you know, we're, we're calling it self-care, but is it really self-care? And when I hear women, you know, we talk a lot in our community about being compassionate towards yourself and I think that that's also another label that kind of gets misused a little bit. Uh, we think as being compassionate, is like, yeah, take it easy. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You, you just, you know, do whatever you want sort of thing. But if we apply that to our children, someone that we are probably really compassionate towards, we wouldn't say that to them. We wouldn't say, sure, sit on the couch for hours on end, eat whatever you want. Don't take care of your health. Skip brushing your teeth stay up all night, you know, maybe for a, a a day, we would say, hey, you've had a rough couple of days or whatever. Sure. Take some time to yourself. But eventually you have to have the self-compassion to say, this is no longer serving me.
2: Right. And yeah, I, think I mean, that self-compassion too is about not feeling guilty. Like, so just and being able to move forward and go, okay, you know, I did this. It's time to move forward um, without feeling ashamed about it. Right. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and again, no judgment, you know, you take the time that you need to, to deal with whatever you're, you're dealing with, but, um, it can be, it can be a balance between the two to say like, okay, I gotta give yourself a little tough love. Like we've, we've done this, we've done this now enough. It's not really serving me anymore. It's time to move on to something different. Yeah. And you know, um, Jesse Neeland, uh, she, she used to talk a little bit more about fitness, uh, than she is now, but, uh, I really value her opinion. And she had kind of a good rule of thumb. She said like three days was her personal, like barometer. Um, if she felt like she needed time off, Uh, she gave herself three days. And after three days, she kind of reassessed. If she was hitting the gym hard, 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 she'd go three days and then kind of reassess. Like, you know, what am I doing? Where am I at? What's my purpose here? How am I feeling? Um, She would take three days to just veg kind of thing? Yeah. Like if she felt like she needed a time, like that was kind of her limit. Like she would give herself like up to three days. And it's going to be different for everyone, but that was just what she felt like she could tolerate without turning into a habit. Right. Before she decided, do I want to continue this or do I not want to continue this? It was just where she reevaluated.
2: I definitely don't have that problem with fitness. <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I see, so for me, I can see how that would be helpful. I would say two days for me. So I would say, if I need a break, again, we're moms. So it's not like I don't think Jesse is a mom. No. And she can take three days off and recover. So the problem with being a mom is that if you work or you're a stay-at-home mom and you like want time off, you know, you don't really get to like just check out for three days to rest and recover. You feel like you're always at work. So I would say I would go, I guess two to three days for me might be, I'm super burnt out. I'm going to be doing the minimum. And this is what I need to do for two or three days, which might be frozen pizza in the oven and paper plates and really just doing what I can to reduce my workload and the things that are constant, you know, things that don't really matter that take away a lot of energy from me that I could actually just conserve during that Slump. Yeah.
0: Again, because you need to pause and allow input. Like you need to restore and and to rest and to, to in order to feel excited about anything to it, feel energized again. You know, because usually when we're in a slump or a rut, we're not feeling energized or motivated. And so to expect to feel that way without pausing and resting and allowing yourself just to like be can right. be difficult. Yeah. The absolutely. other th-
2: the other thing I've done with the boys' dad in the past is um, when him and I were both feeling that way. We would swap sleeping in in the mornings. So, you know, one of us would sleep in on Saturday, the other one till Sunday. And, um, or, or we've done, we've given each other a whole day off on the weekends or half a day. So, um, say a Saturday, he might sleep in and I take the kids out for the morning. Um, and then I come home, you know, have lunch. And then he takes the kids for the afternoon. And, and we're just, Giving each other restful time inside of our own homes, which I personally find very valuable. I love having my home. I'm an introvert, so maybe this is special to me, but I like having my home to myself. And I just sort of identified that a few years ago. And it's been really helpful because, you know, when you say you need a break and then you have family you know family come or you hire a babysitter or whatever you decide to do to get a break from your kids and then you have to leave the house to get that break it just was never really a true break for me I wanted to be inside of my home and a lot of times for me restoring has to do with getting organized inside my home so that I'm setting up my environment for success for example so that's one way I know we haven't touched on that yet but coming out of a slump for me that's part of it You're jumping ahead. Don't give away. I know. Sorry. (laughs)
0: Um, okay. Yes. I think those are all great suggestions. Um, just a quick review. We have acknowledge it, accept it when you're feeling this way, give yourself a personal day, or if you can't commit a whole day, as much time as you can to just be, to rest, to pause, to acknowledge how you're feeling. And then step three, um, which we kind of already touched on as well is go on a positive mental diet. And, um, this is something I kind of struggle with, but, uh, ban, as Jen was talking, ban the negative information, the people, the situations as much as possible and feed yourself all the positivity, um, and inspiration that you can, which sometimes social media can be a mm-hmm. lot, a large contributor to the negativity in our life. And and it may not even be people – I'm not even talking about people posting negative things. It can be a photo of something really beautiful and positive that just makes you feel less than, comparatively speaking. If you cannot be on social media without comparing and you're in a slump, it's probably not going to end well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just – you can log out of social media or you can deactivate your account for a few days or a week. I think it's really important. This is an important conversation. Social media in itself could be a whole podcast, but knowing when to disconnect from social media can be really, really important. I think a lot of people in today's world struggle with social media limits for yes. sure. Us three just talked about this in the last couple of weeks and because we've changed the way we are corporate communication. So what, how we communicate and our employees and our contractors, how we all communicate used to be on Facebook. So we had a Facebook group for our company and we use Messenger. And I think all three of us were finding we are on Facebook a lot. We're communicating for our day jobs, but then you kind of get sucked into the personal stuff as well because everything was blended. So we've started using Slack, which a lot of companies use. And my social media use has gone down I can't even believe it. Like I'm probably down to an hour a day where I bet you I was on for probably five hours a day before, because that's how I talk to you guys. Yeah, And
1: I think it's important to note here too, that we resisted this for like a year. We resisted right. moving our communication <laughs> off Facebook. We kept trying, but Facebook was so convenient and it was right there. But we finally like pulled the plug, um, a- few weeks ago and like when someone would message on Facebook we'd be like nope put it in Slack we're not answering you here yeah
2: well we're saying we but you more mean yeah, Jen. Jen so <laughs> I was the most
1: resistant to this
2: change but then finally you guys were like don't talk to her on Facebook she's like and can I you had put to the change. link in Facebook we're like nope go to Slack but yeah so it's good it's and it also shows actually that um people will change when they have to <laughs> and now she loves it yeah now I love Slack But I think the three of us would probably
0: all agree that our productivity is increased since moving off of social media for our professional communication. And um, I've just been able to enjoy Facebook more, to be honest. Yeah, so when you go
2: on, it's not all these obligatory messages that you have to respond to because they're business related. No, and um, I can be more can intentional. Just, like
0: now, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be online to check on our communities and provide some coaching to our Balance 365 members and check in with our free, uh, Facebook group. Which, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, it's Healthy Habits Happy Moms um, on Facebook, and we have almost forty thousand women worldwide. Yeah. If you want to continue the conversation, that would be a great place to do it because we have some really great members in there um but i can be more intentional about why am i on social media instead of just mindlessly perusing because i'm there out of habit right. like right. i mean honestly and i still i cringe at admitting this but i grab my phone off my nightstand in the morning and the first thing i do is open instagram like right. what, like what did i miss and uh, you know if you're in uh coming from a position of feeling like you're in a slump you're in a rut and consequently, everyone's doing everything better. And you open social media and it's like, oh, look at that person's vacation. Look at that person's awesome workout. Look at that person hit a PR. Look at that person's mm-hmm. beautiful hair. And I'm still in bed like, nah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this, this isn't going to go well. I just, I like, I, it's like you can see it coming like a train. Um, yeah. so going on a positive mental diet, doing whatever you need to do to ban the negative information, people, situations. I mean, I've even gone through periods of my life where I can't look at the news because it's just, it's sad to me sometimes. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, negative people. If you have people in your life that maybe aren't encouraging um, or that just aren't motivated themselves, you know, the old adage is, um, is it Jim Rohn that says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with or something along along the facts? Yeah. Again, dropping the sayings. Every single podcast, (laughs) I've got like – I'm on it. Um, but, you know, think about who you're spending a lot of time with. Are these people that reflect what you want, uh, what you're trying to attain, what you're, what, that align with your goals, your values, your morals, your ethics? Um, and if not, do you need to adjust, spend more or less time with other people?
2: That's or just uh, you know, address that, you know, I'll tell something really personal. Um, Ooh, juicy. Soccer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> the boy's dad and I one had a conversation a few years ago about changing how we talk um in conversation with each other as more positive because we found so first of all before I share this I'll say um that him and I were both in a really negative space very both very stressed him in grad school me building this company um and him and I got into the quote unquote habit of just being really gossipy and um, gossiping about people. And then, but we, we eventually, I don't know if he brought it up or I did. None of us felt good about these conversations. And we acknowledged to each other that we were in such a negative space. It felt good to judge other people like in the moment it felt yeah. good to judge other people totally because yeah. the, we were struggling so much and yeah it was but we eventually so i mean that's a very vulnerable conversation to have but you could have it with if you have someone in your life that you love and the and the relationship feels negative or the conversations you have feel really negative you could also acknowledge that and just say like how or try and shift it like how can we talk more about the things we love what we love about other people right. dreams we have how we're accomplishing those goals and um, I love having people like
1: that and it's in my life hurt people hurt people right and not to say you were hurt but you were in a negative space and being negative. I was hurting negative. right
2: yes I was hurting and now I look back on you know some of the conversations we used to have and I and you are just reflecting on it. I'm like, I didn't, I don't really feel that way. Like, I don't, it was just in the moment. It just, it just felt good to, as a hurting person to,
1: yeah. It's sort of like a rampage. Like the more you focus on the negative, the more the negative is going to come out. And that's what you're going to see. And if you can just switch it a little bit, you'll notice that it's easier the more you do it to focus on, you know, the positive about somebody or a situation.
0: Right. And, yeah. I think that's a good point because oftentimes those conversations feel good for a few minutes and then ultimately leave you feeling like either you need to repeat it to maintain that level of like on right. top, like I'm on top, I'm dominating, I, I'm i doing everything right, they're doing everything wrong, um, or you just end up feeling bad. Yeah, yeah it's, just... it's
2: sort of like eating junk food kind of thing. <laughs> like you just, it's like junk food conversation right. where it's low, it's definitely like low-hanging fruit and you yeah but yeah I just the thing is the friendships that I have now in my life are you know like with you two um my sister my friend Chelsea my friend Jasmine around here I like love these women in my life who will actually even pull me back to reality and um so you guys would go that's not Jen is something going on with you you know what I mean? If you saw me in a really negative or anxious space, I often get in an anxious space. Um, and another thing you could do is go to your friend or your partner and say, I don't like when I behave this way. And I want you to know that when I'm behaving this way, I'm probably in a slump or a really negative space. And I would love if you would hold me accountable for that behavior Mm -hmm. and remind me that this is the space I'm in and this isn't typically my attitude and that could help pull me out of this slump. Right. Or
0: you could just text message Lauren. I do that frequently (laughs) because Lauren is a no nonsense, no frills, like stop that. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Cut that out. Do not do that. No, we're not going to talk about that anymore. This is not worth your mental energy. These are the kind of words that Lauren throws back. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right, right. Yes. Okay. I can do this.
2: <laughs> that that reminds me of another saying we have in Balance 365 called guard your energy. Mm. So we say that to Balance 365ers all the time. We only have so much energy. And let's be honest, life is hard. Improving your life, changing your habits that all takes energy, so really think is is this worth your energy right now? Because it really is po- taking pouring energy out of you. So, um, yeah, we should be a lot more guarded about where we what what we put our energy into, right. whether it's negativity or positivity.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so. If you're still with us by now, we have acknowledged it, (laughs) accepted it. We got a little off track, but that's okay. Um, Give yourself some time, some space, a personal day, and maybe even just an hour to feel that way. Go on a positive mental diet, um, absorb all the positivity, the inspiration that you can. And then when you're ready to take action, um, start small do just one thing. And I, I pulled this, I read this article way before he even became super popular from Mark Manson, but he has something called the do something principle. And this has stuck with me since the day I read it because so often people think, um, that motivation sparks action and they wait for motivation. If you, especially if you're in a slump or a rut to like strike them, like lightning comes down from the sky and that works sometimes, But the downside of that approach is that it leaves you at the mercy of motivation. Right. Like you're just like this. You're just waiting. Like, I hope something inspires me. And what he has found in his um, experience is that actions create – and I pulled this from his website – actions create further emotional reactions and inspirations to move on to motivate your future actions. Um, So he suggests that action can inspire – and cause motivation. So if you're lacking motivation to make an important change in your life, he says to do something, anything, and then harness the reaction that the action as a way to begin motivating yourself. So instead of waiting for action to inspire, or excuse me, motivation to inspire action, you can actually have action inspire motivation. Um, so just do something, (laughs) as simple and as basic as that sounds, do something. And a lot of times in balance 365, we talk about that. Something as being really, really small that it doesn't even require motivation. If you have the motivation to do something big, go for it. I'm not saying pull back, but if you're lacking motivation, just do something small. Um, it could be a shower. It could be a 10 minute walk. It could be cutting up some produce. It could be grocery shopping. Um, something really, really small and just do it once and then let that action create
2: more inspiration, more motivation. Mm -hmm. Right. Then you're spiraling up instead of spiraling down. Yes.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't leave you at the mercy of motivation. Like you're just, I just picture me waiting on my couch, like looking up at the sky thinking just, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting to feel some certain way. Like it feels so much more proactive to actually take action. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that feels way better than just sitting around hoping that I feel some sort of way in a day or two. Right. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, I know I wanted each of you, each of all of us to share what we do to break out of a slump because I know
2: it's different. Uh, Jen, do you want to start? Sure. Sure. So I find my environment um, really affects me. So – for me to break out of a slump usually requires cleaning and organizing. So I shared earlier that I'll take an evening. I said when I'm when I need when I know I have to pull myself out of this slump, I will take an evening, and I will um, do things that feel productive to me and that will set me up for success starting in the morning. Um, so I will normally the things I like to do are clean my house, which is my environment, um, and get it organized, uh, grocery shop, um, and meal prep. Um, And those three things I've identified as get my wellness wheel going, get me on that upward spiral. So the next morning when I wake up, I know I have a veggie tray in the fridge, some bagged salad, some lean protein made, and my space, my space is going to be organized and then my brain feels organized and clear and clutter free. Um, so that's what I do. And for me, that also could, that might spiral up usually involves then then the next day I'm more likely to eat the foods I want to eat, do the movement I want to do and get accomplished in my day what I want to get accomplished. I even feel more engaged with my children when my space is clutter-free, when I've eaten better, when I've moved my body, but and as that spiral up happens, I mean, what does get endorphins going? We know that we know that exercise does, but I personally, I know some people like Annie's probably be like I start with exercise. Did you hear That's so condescending.
0: I start with it.
1: <laughs> I know I'm you're just totally kidding. right,
2: though. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's right. <laughs> so I first need to, or I like, of course, I you know, I know that um, exercise will get my endorphins going. I know that I feel better after I exercise, but I personally need to do that organization tasks, and I I will be more likely to exercise. Like I work out at home, and I I currently work out at home. I go through different seasons where I'm at a gym or I'm at home. I cannot work out in a messy house. Like I just cannot. So um, I'm more likely to do my workouts as well when I've got my space clutter free. I, I can completely relate to that.
0: I feel that way as well. It's like you just, you can't, it's almost just, just a vibe. Like I feel like I cannot breathe as well. I cannot breathe as easily when I look around my house. It's overwhelming right. to me. It's just, yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those three things. So I might do those three things. So I might clean and organize, grocery shop, and meal prep. Um. And those would be three smaller things I'll do. But I've also noticed an- another way I get out of a slump is doing one major thing. So I will clean out the storage room that really needs to be cleaned out, or clean out the garage. And there's something about for me about being able to step back and go. I was just productive. I just did a really good job. This looks fantastic. What else can I do? That's
0: kind of the premise of what Mark Manson was saying, that um, it's like building momentum. Right. Exactly. your action, your action results in inspiration and more motivation to do some more action. And then, and, and I think Mm -hmm. of like pushing a big boulder up a hill, it takes a lot of effort sometimes to get that boulder kind of started. Yeah. But but then eventually you find yourself building some momentum and gaining speed. And then before you know it, you're at the top and it's, you're coasting. Right. uh, Downhill or it feels, it requires much less energy and effort. Absolutely. Lauren, what about you?
1: Mine's kind of similar. I, um, I find I get in a slump when I don't have a plan. Shocker. Um, so for me, it's about making my meal plan, going shopping, and getting things prepped for the week. And that will really get me out of my slump. And just like Jen said, then I am eating what I want to eat and um, my week just goes really well. When I don't do that, I get busy and just kind of all S breaks loose and I just do whatever. Um, So that would be one. And on the movement side, um, it's a little different. So Jen and I are a bit different than Annie. We are a little more... Lazy for life. (laughs) We're a little more (laughs) sloth-like. We're a little more slow-moving, so... And when I'm in a movement slump, I just do one thing like I just go for a walk. And that's what I do. And um, it helps me feel it's it takes just a small tiny bit of effort, but it makes me feel so much better and gets me going.
0: I bet you guys are gonna be surprised to find out that I go work out. <laughs>
1: right. Totally. <laughs> Bart and I clean
2: and organize our homes. <laughs> Annie leaves her home, which is also a good strategy. Get out of there. Um, but you know what? You know what really helps me at I have
0: I have a couple elements here. I, I shower, do my hair, and do my makeup. Like I cannot oh, that's- uh, yeah, like, really I don't care. You can think that's vain or or whatever. No. I just know that, like, I feel good when – I mean, that adage,
2: look good, feel good. It's like, like getting your game what, face on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it's funny that you say that because when I was in college, we would um, – I think this is where it started, why I wear makeup every day. Um, we would put on makeup for every game. And it was just like this, like – this is just what we did. Like, we, we felt we felt ready. Right. Like, yeah. oh, it like, like a ritual. League of, okay.
2: league of their own. I'm so jealous yes. of your college experience. <laughs> but I think
0: part of it had to do with the fact that we would show up at practice after a full day of class and we'd, you know, like have our makeup and our hair done. We were in sweatpants, but just from being in class or whatever. And so then to show up at a game, any – any other way felt a little foreign to us. So even if we had early games, we would get up and we'd like do pretty ponies and, um, you know, put on mascara and, and eyeshadow and eyeliner and all that stuff. And we just felt prepared to like tackle our day. Um, so I always, you know, shower, hair, makeup, workout. And then, um, if I can work out with a girlfriend that's, that I, that I know supports me and that I can be like, Hey, look, I'm just in a slump and I just, like I need some social interaction because also contrary to Jen, I think I'm pretty extroverted. So right. time time with people uh reenergizes my battery. Even if I'm not like interacting, like going downtown, just being around people helps me to feel like just like the hustle and bustle, like I just feed off of it. It recharges my batteries. So
2: right. I yeah. I could do that. I mean, contrary to popular belief, introverts <laughs> do like socializing. But um, I see that. I could see if I – but for me, it would be, like, connecting with, like, one person. So my friend Jasmine mm-hmm. here or uh, my sister. In fact, my sister and I used to be really good at pulling each other out of slumps. And we would – we might meet on a Saturday together and, like, help each other get organized and do the meal prep yeah. for each other. um, And mm-hmm. then just the visiting we did and stuff would help to energize me.
0: Um, And, you know, as far as, far as food goes – um. If, if you follow me anywhere, you know that I don't cook. Right. <laughs> I, d- I don't enjoy it. I'm not great at it. Um, so John and I have actually been using uh, – we have a couple stores here that do, like, meal prep for you. Um, oh, nice. And you could just – you can go buy well, – sorry, not meal prep, but they'll, like, make meals that just sit in your fridge. Right, that you just throw in the um, oven
2: or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, or the microwave, whatever. <laughs> and Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i also don't use my oven unless it's for frozen pizzas like jen's talking about frozen pizzas and paper plates as her like survival strategy that's like my go-to night. Every-
2: <laughs> just oh.
0: different a different set of standards for a different house it's fine
2: this is why i create the recipes for yeah. our company for all of our challenges it's true
0: um, and I'll figure the macros, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> the, the calorie count anyways. Um, but yeah, we've been taking advantage of that. And yes, we have to pay a little bit more per meal, but um, it helps us actually to make better choices throughout the week. We're not, we're not eating out. We're not running errands last minute. We're not making extra trips to the grocery store because we forgot ingredients, um, and it's just the redu- reduction of stress that it gives us
2: when it comes to mealtime. Totally. Yeah. That sounds heavenly. Yeah. There's nothing like that here, but what I've been thinking about, I met a man at a, conf- that, a conference I was just at, which I talked about in one of our last podcasts, but he's the board, he's one of the board of directors for Chef's Plate, which is a meal delivery service. And him and I were chatting, um, just about their company strategies and stuff. And, um, I was thinking after that it is more expensive to order from those places than obviously going out and shopping for yourself and all of that. But I was thinking that's something I could do for, you know, maybe three months, get a meal delivery service like two or three nights a week just for a couple months. Maybe in September when the boys are back in school, just to help me ramp up my cooking skills again I mean I feel like I feel you know there's different types of slumps but I have been in a cooking slump for probably two years where I just make I'm just making the same things over and over and over and I used to enjoy cooking and my partner and I would cook you know different meals on a Saturday night try new recipes but um, we're just like, I'm just in a major slump. And, um, I was thinking that might be a good way to get me out of my cooking slump, just kind of forcing me to try some new recipes. And it is a bit more expensive, but I'll just use it as kind of a starting point, um, to get going.
0: Absolutely. I've been Ah. in a cooking slump for about 15 years.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I'll, That's okay, Annie, will you send me some information on that? grocery store (laughs) on cooking (laughs) (laughs) stumps. no on our grocery store service i want to see if there's anything like that where
0: i live yeah absolutely i will um i know here in des moines if you're local uh, there's beefcake fuel there's fresh fit meals there's um max there's quite a few uh meal prep services here in the area so i'm sure you have some in detroit maybe maybe some listeners know maybe some local listeners would know
2: yeah, and I think the whole point of using something like that as well is to as far as it relates to slumps is like how we we're talking about often you're in a slump because you were just firing on all cylinders for, you know, it was going too hard for too long and you go into a slump. And while you're in that slump, a really important thing to process and you might want to identify is you know, how can you reduce the stress and um decision-making that you have to do in a day? Like, how can you just bring down the overwhelm? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of families do struggle with the food component, like feeding your families. I mean, you got to feed, you got to keep feeding those little buggers. <laughs> and They just keep <laughs> wanting to eat. And so it is, it's a huge, it's physical and emotional labor for a family is mm-hmm. feeding. So as much as you can reduce that. And, you know, we, we talk about this a lot in Bound 265, but you know, it is not a failure for women to buy the bagged salad or the pre-cut veggie tray or the or the cooked chicken. I mean, that stuff all it's it's all good. It's still food. You're still getting what you need.
0: Yeah, and we have um we have another saying in Balance 365 good better best. You know, right. like you the better option or the best option maybe not always available. You may not always be able to make that choice but can you make a good choice or a better choice and and then being at peace with making those choices um just saying that I can let my best be enough whatever this is right now and then just letting it be not yeah and I think if a lot of
2: people just were striving for good and sometimes better um they would be better off in the long term anyways. We talked about this in our last podcast or two podcasts ago on the personal, personality traits of people who overeat. And um, I had said in there that striving for good health instead of perfect health often leads to better health. Anyways, right. for most people, because they don't get stuck in that Pendulum swing, so you right. could expand that to so many faucets of life if you just were striving for good enough, you could probably meet that most of the time rather than always striving for perfect and getting on that pendulum swing of best worst, best worst <laughs> and I would add to that that the good enough is very individual
0: you exactly know, it's right. not good enough compared to Jen. it's not good enough compared to Lauren. it's good enough for you um. Yeah, okay, so I think we're we're close to an hour and we want to be respectful yeah. of our listeners' time, but just a quick review, if you're in a slump, if you're in a rut, um acknowledge it, accept it, give yourself a personal day or an hour to feel those emotions, to acknowledge it, go on a positive mental diet as much as possible, ban the negative information and the people, the situations. Uh, do just one thing when you're ready to take action, start small, or as Jen mentioned, you can go big. If you're feeling (laughs) motivated to tackle that garage, how do you say it? Garage, garage. Garage. garage, garage, uh, go for it. You don't have to pull back, but if you're not feeling motivated, you don't have to do anything big. Uh, small changes do add up and, um, it can spark more motivation if you're not feeling motivated to begin with. So, I hope you uh, leave this podcast with some suggestions about how to break a rut or a slump. And if you need help, if you want more support, why don't you join our Facebook group? As I mentioned, we've got a really, really strong, supportive, non judgmental community of, um, a lot of moms, but growing number of, uh, women without children in our Facebook group, talking about this sort of, um, topic and struggles. And we'd be happy to help you troubleshoot some ideas to help you break your slump or your rut. So anything else to add before we sign off ladies? No, I think that covers it. Awesome. It was good. As usual, this was fun. (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see we'll see you in a few we'll see you in like a week and a half in real life yeah yay make sure make sure you're following us on instagram too so you can catch up with all the shenanigans lauren what's your handle on instagram
1: lauren underscore koski
0: k-o-s-k-i yes
2: jen your handle i am at mama lion strong and it's m-a-m-a lion strong
0: and I am at Annie Breeze. And we'll put all these in the show notes so you can and maybe Balance get
2: it. And Balance 365 is at Bal- Balance 365 Life. Yes.
0: It's going to be fun. It's- <laughs> There's going to be lots of laughs. I, I can <laughs> feel it coming. Okay. Thank you, ladies. All right, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by our online coaching course, Balance 365. If you're ready to say goodbye to quick fixes and false promises and yes to building healthy habits and a life you're 100% in love with, then check out our program at balance365.co to learn more.